You're listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a resource to equip the church to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the More and Better Disciples podcast. I'm your host, Keith Caps, here with Phil Kramer, lead pastor of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. How's it going, Phil? Keith, I'm loving life, brother. How about you? It's going great. Loving it. Loving it. It's a beautiful day, although it's hard to know what season it is. Yesterday it was winter. Today's more spring. I guess you get a lot of variety in Arkansas, though. That's right. Yeah, a lot of variety, except on football teams. I mean, you only have one option in Arkansas. Other than that, you got a lot of variety. That is absolutely true. Speaking of football teams, I can't help but uh, notice your shirt today. Um, for our listeners, obviously they can't see. Um, that's probably good as you're representing uh, the, the Duke Blue Devils. Well, you know what? I mean, Duke has never really been known for football, except for when Steve Spurrier was the coach, Florida Gator, of course. Uh, but yeah, we, we went when uh, Cher and I lived in Durham and I was a student at Duke, we went to one football game and they were playing Clemson. And uh, the Duke side of the, of the uh, stadium had hardly anybody in it. The Clemson side was going crazy. I mean, the band was jamming. Everyone was wearing orange. And I told Cher, and by the way, they were up 42 to nothing at halftime. And I told Cher, I said, if I wasn't wearing this Duke shirt, I would go over and sit with the Clemson fans. They're having a lot more fun than we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, as someone who is originally from North Carolina, you know, on our birth certificate, uh, we had to say which college we root for. So I am a uh, <laughs> North, NC State, right? North Carolina Tar Heel. <laughs> Let's get that straight. And, uh, of course, you know, Duke and North Carolina, just a few miles apart. And uh, historic rivalry, especially in basketball. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for wearing that. I might have to wear my Carolina jersey. I saved uh, this kind week. of stuff just for Mondays recording the podcast, Keith, <laughs> just for you, brother. Hey, thank you so you much. You are loved. Thank you so much. Hey, well, uh, what a great weekend it was here at Crossgate. Um, man, just uh, incredible uh, energy and excitement as we're talking about making more and better disciples of the next generation. And so we kind of introduced that concept on the podcast last week. And uh, this week, still talking about that same uh, thing, uh, next generation disciple making. And specifically yesterday, you talked about discerning between the voices and the verses in our society today. And man, what a timely message and what a, what a, a much needed message uh, for where we are in today's society. So let's jump right in. That sound good? Absolutely. All right. So uh, as we said, you talked about those competing voices that we are bombarded with these days, and it seems like they come from every direction. But we want our listeners to understand, because maybe they haven't watched or listened to that sermon yet, uh, would encourage them to do that on our website or uh, YouTube, Vimeo, social media. But will you just remind us of what you mean when you refer to these voices? Is this Aunt Ethel that's nagging in our ear all the time? What are we talking about? What are some specific voices that you're referring to? Well, it could be Aunt Ethel, but uh, you know she's just the vehicle for the voice. And I describe and define a voice as really uh, any idea and the means by which it is communicated. So a voice could be political in nature. Certainly those would be ramped up coming next year. Could be moral in nature uh, regarding sexuality or any number of uh, moral issues. It could be financial, right? Uh, could be, again, political, as we said. Could be spiritual, theological. It's simply A voice is simply an idea. And of course, we can also remember that a voice can be accurate or inaccurate true or false, good or bad. Uh, a voice is simply an idea. Uh, and every time we engage with ideas, the argument yesterday in the message was we should do what the Bereans did in Acts 17, specifically in verse 11, is that they scrutinized and evaluated the voice 
through the verse, or through the verses, meaning the Bible, the Scripture, uh, basically asking the question, what does the Bible say? Yeah, thank you so much for clarifying that. You know, and the thing is, as I think about, you know, voices being ideas, you know, it, it seems like, and tell me if I'm wrong, that there's also a motive behind the ideas. It's not like people are just throwing out ideas just to put it out there, but there's a motive of influence, right? Like that seems like that is a big word in our society today, influencers. Is that right? You feel like these ideas are intentionally trying to influence us in one direction or another? Yeah, I totally believe that because I think in many ways the ideas are just the figureheads uh, that represent the, the, the powers, the principalities, uh, the rulers in high places, uh, you know, for good or for ill, uh, j- just as we see in the scripture. Uh, so absolutely, there, there's always going to be a motivation and an angle uh, and, and understanding where the voice comes from. I mean, when, when I read an article uh, online, the first two things I want to see is who's publishing it and who's writing it. Because if, if I see who's publishing it and who's writing it, I'm not saying I can, I can automatically figure it out, but it helps me to kind of frame what what the message is going to be and what the voice is going to be and, and what the meaning is behind it. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, definitely check the source, you know, fact check it. Which is all the more reason why, if it comes from the Bible, I can trust it because, you know, Jesus said, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth in John seventeen seventeen. And so if it comes from the Bible, I know it's trustworthy. Yeah, amen. Yeah, we might get preaching on the Uh-oh, podcast. look out now. <laughs> all right. Well, um, there's definitely, it seems like there's a, a prevalence of these voices and that they're, they're amplified even more for the next generation, um, even greater maybe than for us or the generations before us. Um, do you think that's true? And if so, why, why is it so prevalent these days? Well, yes and no, because on the one thing, you know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And the same basic ideas that are floating around the world today have been floating around the world ever since creation, really. I mean, just the, the, the basic ideas. However, in our culture today, there's probably a greater access to information and ideas, certainly a greater saturation because of social media, um, digital connectivity of all kinds, think about it. I mean, even going back to really, Keith, I mean, when we were kids, certainly when I was a kid, there was only three channels on television for the most part. And, uh, and the news was only broadcast three times a day. I can remember my dad would come home from, from work and at lunchtime, he would turn on the news because there was always a brief news broadcast at noon uh, that would just give you an update on what had been taking place that day. And then of course you come home, you got the six o'clock news, click the TV on, and, uh, and you can get an update, you know, then. Uh, the, the 24-hour news cycle was, uh, you know, was really something new that came along after I was a kid, right? And so just the idea of having constant access and being constantly bombarded by information. Now, that was the television age. Now we have a device in our pocket that if you have your notifications set, uh, that thing will be buzzing all day long with all kinds of notifications. Boom, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Boom, Don Lemon is out at CNN. Boom, uh, this sports team gets sold to this other place, or so-and-so just got drafted or traded. Or I mean, you know, depending on what apps you have on your phone, you could constantly be bombarded by information. And information is nothing more than ideas, mm-hmm. right? And so, well, yeah, yeah, I, I would say definitely for anyone who is wired and who is, who is uh, connected with their device, that's even more so. But I would say within the next generation, they haven't known anything but a device age 
And so, you know, to, to be bombarded, it's just that much, they're more susceptible to being bombarded with information and ideas than anyone else. Yeah, that is so true. And in fact, you know, we, we have two little boys, um, eight and five, and we sat down to watch a movie the other night. And um, my eight-year-old asked me if the TV was invented when I was a boy. And, oh, wow. And so, you know, of course it was, but we had to explain to him that it was, it was a box. It was not a, you know, flat device. Mm-hmm. It was not nearly as big as they are today. Um, you know, and, and they don't understand the fact that you actually had to change a channel and watch what was on at the moment. Yeah. Um, the, the way that they see the world is on demand. Streaming, like that's if right. You yeah, want, if you want. you want to watch a show, just turn it to that show and watch any episode you want. And so they could not understand the concept of you had to watch what was on at that time, and that was it. So Yeah, amazing. Really interesting. So we know these voices exist and, and that um, they definitely have an agenda, but why, why did the presence of these voices and um, – the prevalence of the voices make it so difficult to discern the truth, and why is that a problem? Well, first of all, it's good to remember, as we said a moment ago, that voices can contain the truth or error, which is all the more reason why we need to be discerning and equipping the next generation to discern. Uh, You know, it's not as though uh, the Bereans automatically either dismissed Paul's message or automatically bought into it without having any, any kind of scrutiny or discernment. They compared what he was saying to the scriptures and so that's exactly what we're, what we're encouraging the next generation to do. That said, one of the reasons why discerning is so difficult when you, when you hear these different voices today is because in many cases the voices are flat out subtle, right? I mean, generally you're not going to get a message from most places. Some you will. But generally you're not going to get a message that's so blatantly wrong that it's, it's dismissible if not laughable, Right? Uh, the message is going to be much more subtle than that. For example, I was just talking to a few uh, of our students last night. I did a little panel. I uh, had a little uh, group of uh, students from, uh, from our church uh, on FaceTime last night just talking about some of the, the challenges that they're facing. And uh, one of the students said, yeah, you know, the messaging we're getting as you run into it on social media or in other places is, for example, well, of course Jesus would support and, and fully embrace and endorse uh, the LGBTQ community. One, because he said, do not judge. And at least on the surface, that sounds kind of good, doesn't it? Or Jesus was always about love, love, love. Jesus was all about love. God is love. That's what the Bible says, Pastor Phil. I mean, so she, of course, was not, was not endorsing that type of thing. She was simply saying that those are the messages you hear. And how do you counter that? Because, I mean, anytime you, you make Jesus out to be anyone other than, than a loving uh, person who put his arms around everyone and said, do whatever you want to, which is kind of the cultural version of Jesus, you know, you run into this, uh, you know, this friction. People are going to chafe at the idea of Jesus uh, saying anything negative about anybody, right? Uh, you know, ne- never mind that Jesus said, go and sin no more. Right. Never mind that Jesus said, uh, unless you unless you repent, you will likewise all perish. You know, so the, the people want to leave that stuff out. But but the fact is that it's the subtle messaging coupled with what we said yesterday about the next generation and its simplicity. Right. In the book of Proverbs and to some degree in the Psalms, there's three technical terms used to describe different people's mindsets and, and, and cultural viewpoints. One is the simple, another is the scoffer, and another is the fool. The simple, as we said yesterday, is kind of, you could translate that naive teenager. 
right? There's there's nothing uh, faithless about being simple, and and it's not you're not inherently just evil in all your deeds. If you're simple, it just means you you tend to believe everything you hear, without really discerning and saying, wait a minute, I need to check into this. That's the simple. The scoffer is someone who's a little more hard hearted. And in many cases, they're kind of poking at, at the truth and they're, they're, they're making fun of the truth and so forth. Uh, that's, that's more of a rebellious, kind of rebellious young person in a sense. And then you get the fool who has pretty much completely dismissed God and completely said, I don't want this. This is stupid. I, I, I'm, out, I'm out and out against God, whatever. Okay, So we're talking about the challenge in discerning among most of our Gen Z students is that they're simple. Now, that's not a ding on them per se, because Keith, you and I both know that when we were 15, 16, 17 years old, we were simple also, right? That's just all part of life. And so that's one of the challenges. But here's the challenge, okay? Uh, it's the subtlety of the messaging. So the question is this, what's more dangerous, a clock that's five minutes wrong or a clock that's five hours wrong? Well, most people would say, well, probably a clock that's five hours wrong. Well, no. Because a clock five hours wrong, anybody could look at that and say, that's wrong. I mean, that's, there's no way that clock is right. But a clock five minutes wrong is just wrong enough so that you'll miss your airplane at the airport or whatever, right? And so it's the, it's the subtlety. Uh, I, I'm try, and I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head because I'm, just, I'm thinking about this right now. Um, it, it, it says, no lie is more dangerous than the one that most closely resembles the truth. Right? So to say Jesus, of course Jesus would support everybody, and Jesus would have no problem with, 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 with 20 different versions of human sexuality and gender and all the rest. It, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the lie that almost sounds closest to the truth. right? And so those are the kind of challenges that, that we're looking at today, which is all the more reason why I said yesterday, for example, the dinner table may be the most sacred place in your entire house. Because that's that one time when you get everybody together, God willing, you're not all you know, face planted down into a device or a screen, but you're actually having some type of conversation. And those are the times when it's great. Again, you're not bringing a sermon to dinner every night. You're not bringing 10 verses from the Bible to dinner every night, but you're simply injecting the question instinctively and consistently, what does the Bible say? Yeah, and I love that. Uh, I love that practical advice. Um, because it is difficult, and, and that kind of, you know, raises the question as a parent myself, and, you know, maybe somebody's listening who's a grandparent, or, or maybe they're not a parent or a grandparent, but they're just concerned for the next generation, and they want to make a difference. Um, you know, a lot of us are probably thinking, well, what can I do um, practically in response to these truths? We know that there's all these verses. We know that there's so many, uh, excuse me, all these voices, so many competing voices trying to influence the next generation. Um, so what can we do as uh, parents, grandparents, those who are concerned? Um, should we just try to turn off the, the voices, or is there something else that we can do? Well, first of all, I think, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the illustration from the Treasury Department and the FBI, I think it's, it's pretty instructive where they talk about training uh, FBI agents and Treasury agents to spot counterfeit money. And how they do that primarily is they, they give them real money, authentic money, to, to touch and to handle and to examine. You become so familiar with, with, with what's right and what's true, it's a lot easier to uh, spot a counterfeit. You know, so, yes, it's important, as, as we did yesterday, to kind of highlight some of the voices that are out there to say, hey, here's some of the examples. But at the end of the day, 
the primary meat and potatoes of what we need to give our, our next generation is the Word of God and, 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 and the truth of the Scripture. Proverbs 23, 23, I love this verse. It says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. There's an imperative. There's a mandate for the next generation. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Pursue the truth. Um, I, I honestly think that the first and best way that we impart that is through our example. Uh, that, that may sound trite, that may sound, uh, you know, a little worn in terms of, well, yes, your example matters. But, you know, I think of even, uh, I mentioned yesterday that Charles Stanley, Pastor Charles Stanley had passed away this last week. And last night they had a celebration, kind of legacy service of his life at First Baptist Church Atlanta. Uh, it's on their YouTube page. I watched it earlier this morning while I was working on some other things. Unbelievable, powerful. Uh, it, I, I, I almost wish we would have drove to Atlanta just so I could have gone to that service. It was just that awesome. But the thing that just kept coming back over and over again, yes, his preaching was great. Yes, his leadership was great and all the rest. But, but they knew based on his consistent walk with God that he was a man of God. You know, they, they knew exactly what meant, meant the most to him, the scripture and the word of God and prayer. Right? Those were the, the hallmarks of his life and everyone agreed. But here's the thing. A lot of times an example has a delayed detonation, right? I mean, it's not like my kids, who are mostly all now teenagers, roughly, plus or minus. Uh, it's not like they come up to me every day and say, Oh, Dad, thank you so much for living this life in front of us, right? Every day. They probably take it for granted, right? But, but as time goes by, you think about grandparents. Robin Tula did a great job of highlighting this. Uh, you know, grandparents, in many times... Their, their impact is not even fully appreciated and understood and realized until after they're in heaven, right? So, we, so we've got to set that example for one thing as parents or grandparents because uh, at the end of the day, I think, I think our, our children will remember our examples much more than, than anything else. Uh, b- beyond that, I, I, you know, baby steps, I think, again, is you look for opportunities to inject the question, what does the Bible say? Again, whether it's at the dinner table, whether you're driving down the road and somehow your child brings up a question, because you know kids always do that, right? They never bring up the, they never want to talk at the times that seem most convenient or that we plan out. It's usually some random conversation driving down the road when you're getting windshield time, or as we found out with our kids as they got older into their teenage years, it's at like 10 or 10.30 at night, right when you're fixing to go to bed, right? It's like, hey, can I talk to you just for a minute? You're like, oh man, I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. But yes, we can talk. Okay, so this. But whenever those, whenever those conversations and those touch points come up, go back to the question: What does the Bible say? Yeah, that's such great advice, and I would say that that is that is absolutely true for us. Is we, like I said, we're raising young boys right now, and uh, yeah, you, those moments uh, are they can come out of nowhere, but. Uh, uh, with, with God's help, uh, we want to take advantage of those. Well, we are about out of time for today. Thank you so much, uh, Phil. Uh, you want to give us, uh, I think next week in this in the sermon, we're going to be talking a little more about a, a topic that you hit on already in the podcast, and that is the role of technology when it comes to the next generation. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do a, a, a great message on technology. Uh, and we've done a few of these in the past several years. But typically when we have talked about technology in the past, we have we could focus primarily on, hey, here's the ways that you can protect your kids from all of the garbage out there. And certainly there's a lot of garbage. But I feel like that's kind of playing checkers. And we need to step it up a little bit and start talking about chess, uh, both in terms of how, how, do, how do we, yes, 
uh, shepherd the next generation through the swamp of, of the filth that's out there through technology, but also how do we leverage technology to make more and better disciples, uh, and, and how, how do we maximize what's out there uh, for the good, kind of eat the chicken, throw away the bones kind of thing. So I, I'm looking forward to this message, and I hope that, uh, I hope that our folks will be bringing their devices to church with them because we're going to do some hands-on stuff during the service to help people better understand what's out there. That's awesome. Really looking forward to that and looking forward to the podcast next week as we're going to invite in a special guest. Uh, so definitely want to make sure you tune Mike in. Mike Shashevsky? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Coach K is, is, will not be joining us next week. Well, I know week, Dean Smith's not coming. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate your time. And thank you for your time, Pastor Phil. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Keith. Go Duke. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.